You're listening to Sign Radio with me, Andrew David. It's just coming up to four o'clock on Thursday, the 5th of August. And therefore, it must mean I have to do some very complicated electronic wizardry here. Well, actually, it isn't. I just dial him up because there flashing before me is the wonderfulness, I hope, that is Bruce K. Rosenblum in the L.A. Man Cave. Are you there? I am in all my wonderfulness. I'm sitting here in the L.A. Man Cave with my bad knee, but excited about going to a very special event at Dodger Stadium tonight. We'll talk so, about so, that and your yeah. knee later. Okay. Um, but we there, there's a nice little bit in the middle. We're going to talk about the Olympics and all that sort of stuff. But let's get the, 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 the harder stuff out of the way, first of all. Um, bit of a kickback you've got on vaccinations and Florida, where I, in order to make it polite, we've come up with a form of words which won't upset the, the dear, <laughs> dear listener. That There's basically a Florida standoff versus the governor and Joe Biden, or at least the government who want to push people to get vaccinated. And he's saying over effectively over his dead body. Yeah, pretty, pretty much what he's what he's saying. Um, it's um, it, it's 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 really unbelievable that you've got the state of Florida, which is um, becoming the worst state in the country right now, as far as new cases um, of the Delta variant and, and, and death rates, you know, climbing you know, pandemic that's worsening there that not only in Florida, but in Texas as well. And and what's happening there is that there is real pushback against Joe Biden. You know, Joe Biden said, look, if you're not going to, you know, abide by, you know, what we're, we're asking you to do, get vaccinated and wear masks. And, you know, rather than be a roadblock, you know, get out of the way and, and, and let us work with people that are willing to help us get this done. But he's gotten big time pushback from Governor DeSantis in Florida and um, and and to a lesser extent, Governor Abbott in Texas. But DeSantis, for the most part, because um, they're saying he's got presidential ambitions in 2024 if Trump doesn't run. Uh-huh. And so he's taking play right out of the Trump playbook and, and, and really playing to the Trump base, of, you know, those ultra conservatives, those the insurrectionists and all those others. And they're politicizing the whole idea of getting vaccinated and wearing masks again. And it, it just, you know, it, it's just so absolutely ridiculous. And he's basically saying that, you know, Joe Biden wants to come to Florida to take away your constitutional freedoms. And we're going to stand in the way and not let that happen. We're going to we're going to stand in his way and not let that happen. And then he's trying to point to the border issue, the southern border issue, making saying that, you know, Biden should pay more attention to that because, those people that are coming across the border illegally are bringing the, the new variant into the country. Well, A, that's not true. And B, Biden's doing a much better job at the border and we've been turning away people and it's, and it's a much, it's much better and more under control now than, I mean, it's not perfect and there's still, you know, there's still issues down there, but not as bad, they say, as they were. Uh, but, you know, but, 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 but there's a, you know, you know, it, it's like, it's it's just amazing to me what people will say and do um, to gain to gain to gain power to gain the office of the presidency, and to me it just becomes a, a huge danger to our country, and a danger to our democracy when you start you know politicizing um, two things that are going to help you know you know get to herd immunity quickly and get this variant under control. Because the longer this goes, the more this variant has time to to evolve and get worse. And I just don't understand the lack of cooperation, the lack of human decency here. Mm -hmm. Um, This governor has a nerve, you know, politicizing things that that are that are being put out there to, 
you know, the message is maybe a little bit muddled, but the overall idea is clear. You know, wear a freaking mask so you don't spread it and and get vaccinated. Because if you get vaccinated, you may get the virus, but it won't put you in the hospital or kill you. I mean, that's been proven already. Um, but, you know, there's still, you know, vaccines for, for people under 12 in this country aren't aren't approved yet. And so they're saying that if schools are going to be opening, which they are, that the children have to wear masks. But 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 these parents, you know, are saying, you know, we've had enough of the mask wearing and, you know, and we're not going to let our kids wear masks and it's taking away our constitutional freedoms. That's absolutely ridiculous. You talk to any kid under 12 and I, t- I can guarantee you most of them would, would, could care less whether they wear a mask or not. My grandchildren were there were six and four and they put their masks on as a matter of course and don't question and don't complain. Well, the interesting thing is, since the 19th of July, which was called Freedom Day in this country, uh, those regulations about having to wear masks in certain places have gone. I've noticed and the, the few places I've had to go into everybody or, or within probably 90 percent of the people in there um, just naturally put their masks on as they go into areas which are crowded. They tend to people not outdoors because outdoors it gets spread, you know, it dissipates very quickly. But indoors, people naturally go into a pocket and on it goes. And it's as you say, your grandkids, it's not an issue. It's just something we do at the moment. So let's get on with it. And it's, you know, wait, as our friend Professor Brian Winston always says to us when when there's a surprising thing, which is so obvious, just wake up and smell the coffee. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the things DeSantis also did, Andrew, you'll find interesting is he's given a label to to Dr. Fauci and they're calling they're calling, you know, the things that he says Fauciism and he's denouncing Fauciism. And they're, so they're trying to make Dr. Fauci like the scapegoat to all of this, you know, um, and that and that goes back to to the to the Trump days when 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 Trump was criticizing Fauci as well. So they've, they've kind of made Fauci the poster boy for everything that's wrong with the pandemic when when it could not be, you know, farther from the truth. So, you know, so I, I think DeSantis's priorities regarding covid are screwed up. And, and to have this guy in any any, you know, uh, position of national power would be would be criminal. But, um, you know, but but it's it's been tough. It's, you know. Um, there's been a lot of pressure on Biden from on a lot of different areas. He, he had a pretty tough week last week, and this was just one of the things that that added to it. You um, say you say had a tough week. It, is this on the back of the uh, the big infrastructure bill going through? Yes, it, it is, and because he made some great gains with the infrastructure bill, the, the the Senate was able to agree on language between the two parties, and they moved the bill you know back to the House now. But the the progressive wing of the of the Democratic Party is guaranteed that they're going to, you know, they're going to it's going to be a a battle and there's no guarantee it's going to get through the House because unless they add all these these um, things that that the progressives want. And um, and I I think that these progressives, um, you know, are, you know, they're they're a little bit, you know, when you get to the extremes of a political party like the conservative right or the progressive left. Uh, I think they begin to lose their sense of, you know, rea- they start to camp on the wrong side of reality. And and I think that's what's happening. You get these people like, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who's like the 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 face of the, the progressives. And as she tends to shoot her mouth mouth off a lot. And, and she says some pretty uninformed and ignorant things. 
And I think they need to be real careful because, you know, the balance, the Democrat Republican balance in, 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 in politics these days is, is very delicate. And, you know, and if the, if the Republicans gain power, uh, in 2024 with the presidency or even 2022 with getting back control of the Senate and the House, it's going to be, life's going to be miserable for these Democrats because the Republicans are going to come after them and really punish them as for, for, because for whatever reason, they're, they're still, you know, harboring grudges against the Democrats for the um, impeachments of Trump. Um, they're, they're trying to change the narrative on the insurrection and say that, uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't Trump followers and that Trump didn't have anything to do with it. And he, they're trying to whitewash all the, the negatives that, that, that were brought about and exposed during his presidency. So, you know, you talk about, you know, um, constitutional freedoms being taken away. You're politicizing masks and vaccinations, which to me are things that are being put out there to save your life and to prevent the spread of this disease so we can get the economy on track and get people back to work and get people, you know, getting their lives back to normal without fear of, of, of getting sick and going to the hospital and potentially dying. And so if you really want to get into what the loss of constitutional freedoms are, you know, you, you give power back to a guy that, that was trying to break down the checks and balances and you take, you give back power to a party that were, whose, whose followers, whose base tried to, you know, destroy, uh, the, 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 the symbols of our democracy at the Capitol and we're looking to kill members of Congress. So you want to, you want to take away constitutional freedoms. Try living in this country without freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of the press. You take away those things. And all of a sudden, you've got people disappearing when they disagree with a political leader. You've got people unable to worship or going to jail for what religion they're, they're practicing. Um, you know, you, you say something uh, that, that goes against uh, your, your party or your leader and you, you, you know, you disappear. And, and you've only got you've only got to currently look at what's going on in some of the countries in Eastern Europe to see. Sure. Just what that's like. Uh, I'm not going to yeah. make any political comment because, of course, it could change by the time you listen to this or maybe right. you listen to the repeat. But, you right. know, it's but very seen, it's still there seen, for us. Right. But we've seen throughout history what happens when these things are taken away. And if you've grown up in this country and you're liking your freedoms and you like what you can get away with here, you know, try Try that without, you know, try, try, try living that way without those constitutional um you know, freedoms and, and, and see what happens. And, and it's a whole, you know, it's, you know, you, sometimes you got to be careful what you wish for. And, and I don't think these people understand because I, I think that they are, they are so fringe and they are so camped on the wrong side of reality here that, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a, it, it, I, I think we talked this before. I think we're on, we're at an inflection point in our, in our, in our world right now. And, um, you know, it, it could tip either way. It's a very it's a fragile it's a fragile balance right now. But, um, you know, democracy has certainly been challenged and it's being challenged by by people who will challenge it to gain to gain political power. And it, it's 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 scary times. And when you start to think about what we're what we're leaving for our children, you know, years from now with this, you know, with our world and our country the way it is. Um, it's, it's dangerous. And considering all the climate things that are going on that are, that are just, you know, all over the world, fires in Turkey, floods up in, you know, in Luxembourg and Belgium and in Germany and uh, and in the in the African nations, um, there, there's there's all sorts of flooding um, and destroying. You know, they're saying it's, it almost will be unlivable in a number of years for humans and, and, and wildlife. 
And then you got the wildfires in California and you've got heat that's been incredible across this country. It's, you know, there's, there's real issues with, with air and water and, and, and temperature control that we need to deal with as a, as a, as a world, as a, as a global. Exactly. And we're not doing that. Although COP 21 or whatever it's being called, which is uh, coming up later in, I think it's November up in Scotland, could start to address some of those on a much more significant level. But we'll have to see how that goes. Let's change gear completely because um, we're coming to the end of the Olympics. Um, I'm not a great supporter. And um, you said to me um, back in the day when it was basically Russia versus the USA, it was all about we've got to get more metals than the, the other people because otherwise we won't look strong and macho and, and you know, we, et cetera, et cetera. But these games have had some real, real passion about them in some very odd areas. And I remember this week there's the skateboarding, the fantastic BMX uh, champion. I can't remember the names, but she did this 360-degree spin in the air. There have been some magic moments. And you've come up with one about a runner who got disorientated. Yeah, I read the story about this runner that got disoriented and and – right at the finish line and couldn't figure out where he was and where he needed to go. And he was leading the field by so much that when the number two runner came up behind him, he refused to pass him and, 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 and win the gold. And the reporter said to him, why, why didn't you use that um, to your advantage? And, and when he just said, I, he said, this other guy was so good. He was so he was he, he beat the field and, you know, it was unfortunate that he got disoriented, but he still I can't in all my heart of hearts take this medal because I know I didn't deserve it because this guy was better than me. And he waited, I guess, till this guy was OK enough to cross the finish line. And then and then they finished. Uh, those stories are just, you know, those are great s- stories of human kindness Absolutely. and doing the right, doing the right thing. And it's, um, you know, it's great. It's like the, the two high jumpers that tied. Yeah. And and the rule was that they needed to have a jump off. And they said, well, why couldn't we just both share the gold? And, and I guess there was a rule in the in the Olympic rules that allowed them to not have to do the jump off, that they could share the gold. And so the two rivals, they embraced and they were hugging. And 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 uh, it was a great story. It was just, you know, you know what? That's that was the right thing to do. Let them share the gold and both happen. I mean, they both work so hard for it, and a tie is a tie. Why, why, may, why force them to, yeah, you know, to jump again when you know when all was said and done? Was it really necessary? And 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 they did they did the right thing. What about your women? Going back slightly politically, your women's soccer team um, have got a, a dissenter at home. Can we put yeah. it like that? Well, you know, the, the, the women's soccer team was pretty, you know, um, harsh when it came to, to Donald Trump. You know, they, they, there was some harsh criticisms there. He was, and they were no fan of his and, and in turn, he was no fan of theirs. And he openly came out and was saying, you know, he was, he hoped that they, lo- they would lose and he rooted against it. And, um, you know, and, and the team just didn't seem to have it this year. I mean, they were outclassed. But they ended up getting a. They ended up playing for the bronze medal and they won. I think they beat uh, Australia. Was it? I think they beat or Canada or somebody. They they, they won and they won the, the the bronze. But you know they weren't they weren't nearly as exciting as as, as their teams have been in the past. But but that happens. You know um, you know dynasties come to an end sometimes and you know you have to kind of rebuild and take a look at it and, and go from there. But you know congratulations to I don't know who won the gold in soccer, but congratulations to them. I don't think it was us. 
Or was it was it English? No, no, I don't think it was. I think uh, we slipped away fairly early on. But your baseball guys, and just a reminder, we're recording this on Siren Radio at uh, 10 past four on Thursday. So things may have changed by the time you listen to it. Your uh, basketball guys could be in for goal, couldn't they? Yeah, and they were getting criticized for, you know, how that basketball team was coached and how these players were getting to, to Tokyo. And it was all sorts of craziness and then they were being criticized for their style of play and how they were playing but you know by hook or by crook <laughs> hopefully it was by hook and not by crook exactly they ended, yes they up there in the gold medal game against france so um that, that should be a good one because france is, is very tough um, when it comes to basketball these days but you know the big story out of the olympics i think was simone biles who was like the yes. world was watching her and she had this this mental meltdown and it's a shame, you know, and she got and, and she took some, you know, heat on on uh, social media about that. But, you know, my God, she's 24 years old. Um, the weight of the world is on her shoulders. And, you know, and it's some and sometimes people can, you know, I've, I've heard it say I think there was a tennis player that once said, uh, you know, when it when asked about the pressure of playing, he said pressure is a privilege. You want to be in a situation where there's pressure because that's when people, you know, really show what they're made of under pressure. But but then that's not everybody. And there's certain people that just, you know, the, the, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're, you're at the Olympic game in the world. You know, you're expected to win a gold medal in every event and you're expected to be perfect tens in every event. And at 24 years old, you know, it, it's it's sometimes, you know, it, it, it gets to you and it, and it got to her. You know, and thank goodness for people like Michael Phelps, who have experienced that and have been very outspoken in the area of mental health. Um, and it's by saying, you know, it's OK not to be OK mm -hmm. and, and to get help. And I think that, you know, I, I admire Simone uh, Biles and I, you know, and I and I feel for her. And I say that on on Simone Biles, worst day in the gym is better than most people's best day at the gym. And I applaud her. I hope that, you know, she ended up doing an event. She got a bronze medal for it. She she get, she fought through it the best she could. Um, it allowed her teammates to shine and, and show off what they got, because. All of a sudden, she wasn't in the spotlight, and the team proved that they had the the makeup to, Absolutely. to do well and, and, and do well. And so, you know, I think it worked out for everybody. But, um, you know, I, it, it is an issue that we need to pay more attention to. And I'm glad she brought it to light. And um, and I hope that people who are, maybe feel that it's not okay to be okay figure out that it is okay not to be okay. And, and talking about the gym, proper help that they need. Absolutely. And talk about gym stuff. Um, you, you at the moment can't do the big treadmill stuff that I know you've got in your garage because you have this uh, this very troublesome knee. And uh, we have hinted about you being the bionic man because in, well, as I say, it's the fifth uh, and on the, is it the uh, 19th, 18th? The 17th, the 17th of August, yes. I you will go, be you go under the robotic thing, but you've, you've had a look at the operation on a video and you said, I'm quite happy to share it. So if you're eating or of a sensitive disposition look away at the moment no, no, it's really, it's, i mean it's not as bad as you would think yeah. um, you know my when i first heard about knee replacements i i envisioned you know being put under and then you know like they they, they like saw the bottom of your knee ah. and then they, so above they take the whole thing out and they put a whole plastic thing in and that's yeah. not what it is at all it's it's really not. It's not really a replacement. It's just a kind of an enhancement is more of what it is. And the robotic is the robot is used because it has been proven to be like 95 percent accurate and with a plus or minus on either side to maybe two, two percent. 
um, of inaccuracy. So as far as um, the, the the making of the parts and the cutting and the incisions, so that um, you know, no muscle is cut. Only you know the only you know it. it they put they put these little um, nodes on the bones and stuff once they open open up the knee and it and the and the nodes send information back to the computer. So they know exactly where to replace, to put the the parts. Know exactly how to shape um, the part. You know where where it gets screwed into the bone, and and it's just it's really absolutely amazing what they do. It's like you, like tomorrow I'm going for a CAT scan of my leg. They're going to do a 3D model of my leg, and they're going <laughs> to and they're going to do the operation <clears throat> on the computer. So it's all going to be pre-programmed. Goodness. And and they're going to um, know exactly where they need to make the cut. They're going to know exactly where they need to insert screws or bolts or parts or whatever. These parts will all be made on a 3D printer right then and there, custom to my leg. And they'll be, you know, either ceramic or they'll be plastic or, or metal or whatever they, they may be. But it's not like you're taking the whole knee out and placing it. What they do is they shave the bone down and then they make mm. a new end of the bone. And then they have wow. a a piece of plastic that comes in and, and is like the cushion between the bones. So like what your meniscus or your cartilage does when that's worn away, they kind of they kind of make new a new meniscus or a new cartilage that gets that is part of this. Mm. It, gets, it gets put in the whole thing. Andrew, how long do you think the whole thing takes? Oh, a couple of hours. Now, how about 45 to 60 minutes? You're joking. No, I'm not. It's so efficient. Oh, oh my goodness. And the robot, I mean, the, the doctor holds the scalpel, but the, but the computer um, guides where everything goes. And it's it's just you know it's not like a robot's doing the surgery. The doctor's doing the surgery, but the robot is feeding data back to the to the instrument that's in the doctor's hand. And so when they put uh, a burr, let's say, uh, in, in uh, on the drill, yeah, and have to make a little hole where the the part's going to go, the drill knows exactly where on the bone it needs to drill and how deep it needs to go. Good. And that's and it's not being left to just the doctor to eyeball it. It's being programmed by the computer. So it's so when you look at operations that are done by a doctor without the computer, or look at the operations with the, by with the doctor with the computer, they show this bar chart of of of, of error. And the the doctor without the computer is more like just a big bell curve. It's like a, a hill. Yeah. And the degree of error is very spread way apart, and the and the, and the most accurate it can it, the most accurate the doctor can be is let's say fifty percent. But when you look at the the graph with a computer aided um, um, data, it's ninety five percent accurate, and and just you know two percent on either side of that for you know, inaccuracy, which. Well, Which, you know, so it's amazing. You know, we, it's, we wish it's, you all the it's, best. It's coming the standard. It's, it's yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. And, and you'll be skipping and leaping and, and maybe in the uh, geriatric Olympics. Well, what know, they say is once you get up, out of the, once you wake up from the anesthetic, they have you walk the hallways right away. And, uh, and they, uh, the doctor basically says no pain, no gain. So you need to push. And oh, right. It's a, it takes about a full year to actually recover from this. But within four to six weeks, I can actually be driving again. I can be walking on a treadmill. I can be doing my, all my daily activities. 
and and the idea is to to strengthen. Now I'm going to need to lose a few pounds because the lighter I am, the easier it will easier be on my joints. But but it's really uh, science is absolutely amazing. And then they also showed as part of this thing a hip replacement, which mm. is the same which is the same thing. And I'll tell you what, it is they make it look like it, it's so easy. Um, today they don't they don't put tourniquets on. They don't they don't cut muscle. Um, they don't do anything that will that will endanger the bones uh, or, or, or bone cells to be destroyed. It's a much more organic, uh, uninvasive and efficient um, ways to do this now where you're not out for hours and hours. It's I mean, oh. both a hip or a knee or it could be 40 and, hours. And that's and, and the anesthetic side of thing is it is very good. Um, I think we've had enough gore and and, and grizzle <laughs> now. Let's let's finish with your, you said today, it being Thursday, you got, you're off to do some dodgery stuff tonight. Yeah, we're going, you know, every year, Jackie and I support the Los Angeles County Sports and Entertainment Commission. They get together with the Los Angeles Dodgers Foundation and they do a fundraiser called the All Access Event, which allows you all access to Dodger Stadium. And they provide current and former players to show up and they do different events and they have different stations that they set up all around this. So you've been in the stadium, so you know around the perimeter of the stadium yep. is what they call a warning track or a track where the grass ends and it's all dirt. Yep. And they set up different stations where you can go and meet players and do different things. You can hit a baseball, you can pitch a baseball, you can, um, you know, just, just take photos with, 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 um, former players or current players. You can tour the stadium. I mean, it's really a fun thing. Fantastic. And it gives, you, it gives you a chance to really meet people and get to know people. And and so we, we've done this for a number of years. So they, they kind of know Jackie and I a little bit. And, and, and so we get and what they do is on the infield, they set up like 20 tables. It's very limited. There's only like 200, 225 people or so. And they set up tables on the infield and they do a buffet dinner out there. And then they also have what they, they do, some panels. They have a stage that they put up. You know, right out, right out there where the Dodgers play, right on the infield there. Gosh. They put a big stage up there and they do, um, they have some players and they do panel discussions. And what the money goes for is the Dodger Dream Foundation. I mean, they said they, they make, they help the disadvantaged, uh, children all over the city. They build, they build sports complexes, baseball fields. Uh, they buy school supplies. They do, uh, reading programs where Dodger alumni, former players go to different schools and they read to children. And they do a lot. And the L.A. Sports and Entertainment Commission, their money goes towards uh, big events that the city of Los Angeles is sponsoring. So, like, in 2024, we're hosting the Olympics here. Indeed. So a lot of the money is going towards the, the Olympics or towards the Super Bowl, which will be at the Rams Stadium for football. Or the All-Star, the, the Major League All-Star game next year will be at Dodger Stadium. It would be great if you could come out next year mm-hmm. and could take it to the Home Run Derby. You would love that. <clears throat> Fingers crossed. Yeah, so hopefully. Well, you have a fabulous do a lot of great stuff, and then we go and I bring a bunch of my stuff to get autographed, and we take pictures, and you know, oh. it's, a, it's a lot of fun. It's going to be a fantastic evening. You deserve it because, uh, as I say, you're going under the laser in uh, on the 17th, and we're all behind you for that. Let's hope it's a massively good fundraising event uh, tonight for the Dodgers doing such great work across the, the the city in 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 areas which have been even more stressed, I think, in the last 12, 15 months than than ever before. So let's call it a day there. Bruce K. Rosenblum, thank you so much indeed for joining us here on Sound Radio. You take the best of care. 
Uh, and thank you, Andrew, for having me. You all up in, in Lincoln, take the best of care as well. Get your vaccinations, wear your masks. Let's, let's get rid of this thing once and for all.